Okay, I believe we are live. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Happy Friday to you. Happy July. I think it's it's been a while since I've done an interview um, because that, we just had a crazy few few months. Everyone's busy in the summer. I think the last time I did it was in May. But here I am again with a guest. I'm here, if you did not already know, with author Richard P. Stone to talk about reading, writing, publishing, and more. Hey, Richard, how you doing? I'm doing good. How, how you doing? Good. I'm glad to be here. Thanks What's that? Sorry. The makes two of us. Great. Richard is a sci-fi author and has written a post-apocalyptic novel called Survivors of the Mutant Dawn, along with a sequel, I believe. Is that right? It is. Great. But I'll let him tell you a little bit more about those in a minute. So as always, um, I'm very grateful that Richard has agreed to be with us here today and answer some of our questions. Um, always like hearing from other authors, especially other published authors about their journey. So as always, I have some questions prepared, but also, let's make this an interactive discussion. So if you're watching this today, if you're a fan, a reader, um, an aspiring author yourself, or just as a, someone who likes good stories, whatever, any or all of the above, post your questions in the chat about reading, writing, publishing, any of the topics we want to hear from you too. Okay, should be a good time. So Richard, just first before, um, for those who aren't familiar, can you give us um, a quick overview of your book or your, your two books? Um, what are they about? What genre do you write in? That kind of thing. Well, uh, the two books were actually a happy accident. Um, I'll tell you the story how they came about. Uh, I was an eighth grade science teacher, and it was back in the early 2000s, and when Lord of the Rings was about to come out. And I heard these kids talking like, oh, man, I can't wait for the video to come out. And I said, guys, you do realize they created a game based on Lord of the Rings about 25 years ago. And they said, well, what's it called? And I said, well, it's called Dungeons and Dragons. Nice. What's that? And I said, hold that thought. So I got my brother, who was a dungeon master. I used to play back, got 30, 40 years ago. Uh, so uh, he gave me his stuff. I rolled the kids up characters. I took out a module. And 30 minutes every morning, we played. And these kids were like blown away. Like, oh, my God, you can use your imagination and have fun. <laughs> so uh, I did it for about three years. So then uh, we got a new principal in. And the new principal says, I want all teachers to have a club. Cool. I'm good. I'm ready, you know. So a uh, new assistant principal came in and said, uh, well, do you have a club? I said, sure do. And he says, well, tell me about it. Well, it's a role-playing situation. It's uh, critical thinking, out-of-the-box thinking. It's st uh, team strategy. It's math. It's science. He goes, oh, my God, it's amazing. What's it called? I said, it's called Dungeons and Dragons. Uh-uh, nope, nope, we can't do that because, you know, people worship Satan over it and people have been killed over it. We can't do it. And I said, he said, well, take it to the principal. So I go to the principal. I gave her the whole spiel and she loved the idea, but she never asked me for the name. So before I left, I said, I got to tell you the name of it. She goes, what is it? I said, Dungeons and Dragons. No, nope, no, nope, we can't do that. Mm. I said, well, I don't have a game. I don't have a club. She said, do you have a game that is like Dungeons and Dragons that is not Dungeons and Dragons? Just so happened that back when I played with my brother, he was a dungeon master and we had played. And every day and he says, you know what? I'm tired of being a dungeon master. I want to play too. <laughs> so I went out and got a game. It was Gamma World, which was a post-apocalyptic. Cool. So I was the game master for that when we played whenever we had time. So I said, well, I do have a game. So I got it. I uh, rolled the kids up characters. I, I kind of made a little adventure. We went through it. And uh, and I kept the character sheets. And every day I'd write their history down. Every yeah. Everybody's perspective of what happened. And after a while, I started looking down. I said, you know, I got something here. Mm. So uh, it... You know, I started writing it, started putting it together. And as all writers, we're very sensitive of people, what they read about our stuff. 
Yeah. So my best friend was a language arts teacher. I said, would you edit, edit this, edit it, this for me? And he said, yeah, sure. No problem. When he gave it back to me, I thought Jack the Ripper just showed up. There was so much <laughs> red in it. I mean, I just went like, oh, I can't do this. I'm out, you know. But the tiny voices in my head said, no, nah, keep going. Keep going. You got something there. So, yeah. so I tried, you know, continue writing and bits and bits. So uh, I went to a different school and uh, I was kind of dabbing in it, but I really wasn't totally committed in it because I was starting mm -hmm. to get to the point where I'm going, what's, what's, what's the point of this? You know, why am I doing this? So... Uh, I met a librarian there and I asked her, can you edit my, my story? And she goes, I ain't editing nothing. No. I went, oh, okay. She's, but I will read it. I went, all right. So I printed out three chapters. I put it on her desk on a manila folder. I passed by her room four days. It never moved. It was in the same exact spot. And I went, well, that's it. You know, I'm, I'm done. So over the weekend, I was athletic director and I had to get there early to wash the football uniform. So I was one of the first ones in school and my classroom was all the way in the back of the school. So I go back to my classroom and there's the librarian there clutching the folder. She says, crap, I need more of this. This is awesome. I said, seriously? She goes, yeah. After that, the words just ran through my fingers on the keyboard. I just couldn't stop. It just came out. Yeah. So uh, that was about... Uh, the process of the beginning of the story to finally I published was about 20 years. Okay. Yeah. And originally, um, I, she says, you know, I kind of like to know what happened before, like what, what caused all this to happen. So mm -hmm. I created another story and basically I put it in the same book and okay. it got pretty thick. So I met my mentor who's uh, Don Greenfield, Ireland. She, uh, she kind of took me under her wing. She had a writer's critique that I went to, which was, I mean, any writers out there, I strongly recommend writer's critique. You can learn so much about writing by getting other views and other eyes seeing your story. So, um, you know, I started writing and, and, and getting bigger. And she says, you know what? You got two books in here. Why don't you break them up and make two books? So I did that. So actually, my first book I published was the second book I wrote. And the okay. second book I published was the first book I wrote. Okay. I, I, I've heard a few authors do things like that before. Yeah, it, because the timeline worked out perfectly with it and stuff okay. like that. So okay. basically, my book is based on a role-playing game called Gamma World. Nice. And uh, it's kind of sci-fi fantasy type. Okay. And, um, you know, it. I've had a lot of people read it. Well, I wish I could say a lot of like millions and stuff like that. But the people that have read it, that give me uh, good reviews, they all, most of them say the same thing. You know, I'm not a sci-fi reader. I'm not into sci-fi, but this book, I couldn't put it down. It's awesome. And basically the same because it's character driven. Right. That's what, that's, that's what, that's what, what you want to hear. Have, yeah. you know, I, I write superheroes. You know, I, mm -hmm. I, I want people to say the same thing. And I've, I've had one or two people say that. Like, like, I'm not always a superhero person, but I was right. attached to characters. And I'm like, yes. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 read, and they can't wait for the next book. So uh, those books have been out, both of them out of five stars are rating about 4.7, which awesome. I'll take. Yeah. And um, I did win the runner-up division, science fiction division at the Hollywood Book Festival in 2021. That's great. No producers have called yet. I guess it's because <laughs> of the strike. Who knows? Okay. Yeah. Give up on our dreams. Yes. So, uh, yeah, so that's, I mean, I started writing. I've always been a writer as a kid. Yeah. I mean, I used to write, I mean, about us neighborhood kids. We were 
we were spies and I'd write that we were spies yeah, yeah, part yeah. of the organization because okay. the man from uncle and all that was about the time of that. Then Star Trek came around. Oh, okay. Now we're all in a spaceship going through space and stuff like that, you know? And then, uh, I saw the guns of the magnificent seven. Oh, now we're out in the old West and stuff like that. So I always okay. enjoyed putting something down on paper. Oh yeah. So, um, so by the time I started getting seriously about it, I was about 60 years old, you know, when I started putting this it, all together. So it's, it's not too never late. too late, never too late. It's awesome. Awesome to hear that. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing all that. It sounds yeah. like you were a fun teacher. I was a teacher that students loved and administration hated. <laughs> in, in a sense, that's what you want to be. And I taught yeah. for a little while and I, and, um, and, uh, I, I, taught, I taught English for a little while and I'm a lot of teachers. So. I get it. You want you want to, I mean, yes, you have to teach, but you want to have those fun times with students too. Well, most most of my teaching, even though I taught science and I was a coach, most of my teaching is about life. I try to get these kids prepared for life because, yeah. you know, they don't do anything to teach them how to check, you know, checkbook. They don't teach them anything about money or, you know, about what to expect down the road and everything. So, uh, yeah, that's why they didn't like me too much because there's a lot of times I was, you know, given a different message other than the curriculum you know yeah. i teach i taught down here in texas and i got out of it because teaching is is really not teaching anymore it's about uh, it's a business you want it's to make hard. money i got burned out also as i mean yep. I, I, even as a, even as a young person yeah mm -hmm. um, what so, part of texas are you in huh what part of texas are you in i am in cypress texas which is still northwest of houston and nice. uh, i i mean I'm in Arlington, which is DFW area. So. Oh, you're a Texas boy, huh? Um, wasn't raised here, but um, I moved right. here a few years ago for a job, and we like it so you far. You couldn't so. wait to get here, so. As <laughs> I will say, yeah. So yeah. we're not 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 too far off. Okay. Yeah. Well, cool. You give us some good backstory on you. Um, mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit more about the books themselves. Like, so Survivor well, and the Newton Dawn. There. Okay. The first book starts out. The first chapter of the book says it all. It's okay the last day of civilization. And it's basically, they start out in the White House, the, the Situation Room, and uh, a nuclear bomb just exploded in Antarctica. Okay. And of course they're saying, who uses such an ancient technology, a nuclear bomb? Because in the future they use what's called laser nukes, which okay. basically when it hits, a laser beam just spreads out and just wipes everything out. Wow. So um, anyway, um, the Secretary of State uh, kind of had an idea of what was going to happen, and he had a brother that worked at the New England Institute of Technology, formerly MIT, which is now NEIT, okay. and he was a brilliant scientist and made robots and stuff like that, so he created a super bunker in the Driftless area in Minnesota. Well, uh, you know, when they found out the nuclear bomb went off, they found out there was a mutant base in Antarctica, they were building something. They later discovered that they were building these floating icebergs that was able to launch nuclear weapons. And they also sent out a, a AI virus over the hollow net, which in the future, you don't have the internet, you have a hollow net. And it started take, it's kind of like Skynet. It started taking over machines that were satellite uh, controlled and uh -huh. turned them into their own entities. Yeah. And their main job was to get rid of humans. Uh, so all hell starts breaking loose. Uh, originally the plan was the secretary of state was going to be taken from the white house into this bunker by a spy, 
a South African spy by the name of Martin Hasp, AKA Agent Maggot. And he was known as Marty. And um, he, uh, he takes him out of the White House, but he says, I'm not leaving this, I have the president. So he kidnaps the president too, because he needs his DNA, his fingerprint, his retina scan for other things, you know, because everything's gonna lock down after a nuclear bomb. And he's mm-hmm. gonna have to be the one that kind of brings things back. Is that Agent your main character? Marty is the connection between all the books. Okay. You know? okay. So they uh, they fly to Minnesota. They have a problem. The robots find out their position. So as they're landing, robots attack the plane as he's landing, causing a crash. Uh, the president survives. He loses uh, his left leg. Uh, the Secretary of State survives, no, he loses his arm. Secretary of State survives, he loses his left leg and they get bionics to get that back. Well, Marty, the only thing that survived in Marty was his brain. That was it. So uh, the brother, the original plan was, okay, we're going to uh, wait for the fallout, which will take about 15, 20 years, and then Mm -hmm. we'll go back to the surface. Well, the mutants messed that up by sending dirty bombs, and now the half-life is 900 years. Wow. Who are the mutants in your world? Are they, is, it, is it like, are they, are they like comic book mutants, or are they like zombies? Or I did a twist. I did okay. a twist on that. In the story, they talk about the CIA discovered in 1970 an ancient spacecraft that crashed in the Arctic Circle. And while they were exploring it, apparently there was an alien DNA there that can blend into anybody's body and pass on the traits of whatever they were connected with. Okay. And any way that, you know, body fluids exchanged or anything like that, it gets transmitted to somebody else. And then all the past uh, DNA material they have from everything else is passed on. And it's randomly. They get something out of it or they don't get anything out of it. And some humans had it but they were carriers more than they were mutants. Okay. Anyway, so they believe this is the time mutants started to come about was from the alien DNA. Okay. So one guy got it and, uh, and then he just, you know, didn't think anything of it. And uh, like sharing food with somebody, sharing a drink, uh, maybe urinating out on a plant, you know, something it got moved on to somebody else. So eventually it grew out to the rest of the population. And so, but the mutants were kind of a secret, but not really, you know, a rumor more than anything. It's kind of like, I don't know if you ever saw the the Roswell movie about uh, the guy says, yeah, we gave all the truth to all the crazy people. So that way they would tell everybody what's going on, but nobody believed them. Yeah. So, uh, but then they started noticing that the mutants started to get organized. And they couldn't tell if it was a complete one organization or just different pods of organizations. Mm -hmm. So the the mutants made their move to destroy the world. So they had to get out of there. And when they, so in the last day of civilization, technically the mutants and humans were at war. So uh, the brother of the secretary of state, Michael Isabella, uh, he ran some tests on the earth's surface after the bombs. And was going to make sure that, yeah, okay, how long exactly is the half-life? And then he started finding out, wait a minute, wait, 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 900 years? It's supposed to be 15, 20. Then he discovers that there were dirty bombs used. So he has to come up with an idea for them to survive. And the option to survive was 
a horrific one they had to decide that their brains can survive, but their bodies can't. So Marty was the prototype of having his brain put in a robotic body. Okay. And he showed his brother to start telling But But this time, the military decided they wanted to take over the complex. And so there was a struggle. Uh, at the end of that struggle, uh, it was decided, you know, that the military lost. And so they decided that, you know, they want, they were told if you want to live 900 years in the future, you're going to have to give up your brain and it's going to have to be in cryogenics. And then when we come out of it, we can go find somebody that has similar DNA or something, and we can put that in your body, in their body. Okay. Well, uh, the secretary of state, uh, had found out at, at during a conflict, he had stomach cancer. So he, uh, when they decided that there's a platform to put the president on there, when the president wasn't there, they put him in the platform that kind of controlled all the complex. But he had his stomach cancer apparently went to his brain and gave him tumor. When they woke up in the future, uh, Marty was the only one that knew how to control his body. Everybody else was learning how to walk and stuff like that. Yeah. He did a reconnaissance and he found out that there was a complex not far about a mile from where they were at but mutants and humans were working together they were coexisting and this was crazy he didn't like that he wanted to reclaim the united states he wanted his land back so uh they would do things they would build their army uh they would raid little villages they would take the humans away nobody knew where they went right. and they would slaughter all the mutants so that what basically came about the second book. Right, the so second book is 900 so, years in the future. Right. So all that was like the setup kind of. Right. Okay. And the second uh, the second book's called Mutated Lands. Okay. And it basically starts with a group getting together because one person from the area where all this is happening um, has to go back to defend his homeland. So he gets these people to join. Okay. And, I don't want to give away your whole plot, but but like huh? I don't want you to give away your whole plot because right. right. read the book, but then maybe the maybe the premise. So the second book starts in, in the future, future and, and you can just give us a set of how that future goes. Marty is in both books because he he right. gets in a in a pickle and he's gotta figure out how to get out of it. Cool. In a unique prison, so yeah. That, and, and a lot of it's from his perspective because he's seeing things for the first time. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So it sounds like you got a lot of elements in there. I mean, you, you have you got the the mutants, the robots, the mm -hmm. post-apocalyptic future kind of thing. Right. So second book is more about the survivors years yeah. later. The second book, yeah, the survivors and uh, the adventurers as they go through, they're trying to get to this place, and uh, they're a unique brand of people. Uh, one is a half man, half wolf, strong man. Okay. Uh, one is a plant man, green nice. skin, photosynthetic skin. Those are, the, those are the mutants, basically. Right. And, uh, and I got one mutant. The two main mutants of the story, one is a girl that uh, she has stunning pink irises. Okay. And she has a floating metallic ball that she has to be connected, that she has to have for her heart. And that ball just so happens to be a neutron bomb. Wow. <laughs> and then there's another character who's a human 
who's kind of the comedy relief, the, the, the guy, the smart guy that kind of explained things. His name is Semper Fi. Nice. And uh, he's totally insane. <laughs> and he carries a thermonuclear bomb on his back that he thinks is his wife. Okay. And, um, but the other guy that's main character is, um, is Strider okay. with a Y. Nice. And he's kind of a legendary. There's, they've heard rumors about him, but he never's really confirmed or denied it. Very mysterious kind of type. Right. And, you know, he has gills. Yeah. Uh, he rides this huge uh, animal called a Kalu. Uh, okay. It's uh, got a Clydesdale body and an apish face with green oh. scales. And so, yeah, so it's kind of like the, the future is kind of like the feudal system, kind of like. It, okay. History has been totally forgotten, and they yeah. try to put it back together again. Huh. So, and then the third book I got uh, is I'm just now finished it. I'm oh, waiting for the artist to do the cover. It's called The Survivors in the Mutated Lands, and I've just started the fourth book. So. And so okay, so so yeah, so you, so your second book is those that ragtag band of, mm -hmm. of heroes or whatever. Yes. Um, you, um, you know. Going on a quest together, trying to get somewhere. Right. Book three, same characters, like following their adventures still? Yes. Uh, there's some new ones join in. There's some of them that die. So, you yes, know. That's what happens in a story usually, but okay. Exactly. Very exactly. cool. Very cool. Okay. It's something you've, you've done. You put a lot of thought into this. You've done a lot of world building. Like you've, mm -hmm. you've figured out how they've gotten here over hundreds of years. And you've. Yeah. Because as a writer, you know, one thing I read, I went to a. When I first started to sign and put a book together, they had a speaker at Barnes and Noble. So I went there to kind of give you an idea when you're writing, these are the things you need to think about. Right. And she said one thing that stuck in my mind. She says, every page needs to have a conflict. Mm -hmm. Now it could be a gigantic war and all this stuff, or it could be having trouble with the coffee maker. There's some type of struggle somewhere, you know, mm -hmm. you can have a headache. The door doesn't open the way you want or something like that. There's got to be something on every page that gives you a feeling that the reader feels, yeah, I go through that too. Right. So, that makes sense. Yeah. I like the advice. Yeah. That's, yeah. if you want, I mean, you, I think, I think we, talk, we were talking about this earlier, but, um, you know, you want the reader to be able to re relate to your characters, even, exactly. even if they can't relate to being on this, on this quest with mutants mm -hmm. 900 years in the future, they can right. relate to human struggles. And that's, that's what we all need. Yeah. Yeah, everybody has struggles. Mutants or humans, oh, you know, absolutely. everybody has to deal with something. Animals too. So, yeah. um, you know, when I started writing it, you know, I didn't want to be cliche like everybody else and stuff like that. So I gave it a lot of thought. Okay, how would this perceive to somebody now? You know, you know, what, mm -hmm. you see something that's, you know, you never seen before, and you got to react. And what if something that you see all the time, you just take it for granted? So basically the mutants and humans that live in the future, nothing looks different. Everything's the way it's supposed to be because that's what they grew up in. But anybody coming from the past would take things a little differently, so. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of, I think I said this before in probably some of my videos, but that's kind of the formula for good mm -hmm. sci-fi or fantasy. You have yes. extraordinary circumstances, but ordinary people, by which yes. I mean, I mean, yes. even if they have powers or whatever, they're, relatable human people that's so perfect realistic realistic mm -hmm. little people in extraordinary circumstances and you got to find the story there yes cool. yes i like it i like the idea um i know you you touched on this already because um, i was going to ask how you got interested in writing this genre and, and obviously you shared about your 
right. your RPG game that inspired it. Do you have other like any other books, movies, authors that have inspired you um, in, in like specifically writing this kind of story or writing sci-fi in general? What are your thoughts? Um, you know, when I was a kid, I'd read kind of the classics like Pinocchio and, and yeah. you know, other stuff like that. And then as I grew, I used to play basketball in Puerto Rico and did it for 11 years. So a lot of time I had a lot of downtime. So I started reading novels. Uh, the two books that I read that I finished in under two days, Jaws and Amityville Horror. I couldn't put those down. Uh, and then, uh, the, the other, I start reading crime and, you know, then I, as basketball rolled around, I got in my second career coaching. I'd read, you know, autobiographies and stuff like that about certain people in basketball. And then I, I got out of basketball and stuff. I just been kind of, I read right now, Don Ireland Greenfield's books. I mean, okay. she wrote, she has a series going, which is really interesting. It's called Cat's Cat. Okay. And it's about, about a reporter in a small town in Texas. She has, she gives a lot of Texas flavor in her writing. And about a reporter with a psychic cat. I'm not, I'm not familiar, but I'm, I'm going to look her up now. You said Don yeah. Greenfield? Don Greenfield, Ireland. Okay. I she's see. written She's written a number of books out there. I and see her name on Goodreads now. I might have to yeah. mark her. What's, um, what would you recommend? What, what, what's, uh, what's, okay, what's Cats, Cats one. Um, she's written a science fiction of the Thaw series, which is okay. basically a girl falls through a portal into a different universe, cool. and then they connect. Uh, she's written one she wrote an erotic thriller it's a series called bonded about shapeshifters okay uh, and then um she also wrote a good uh, dystopian novel called the last dog on earth and she has a series going with that um she's written a number of stories her, her probably her most uh awarded one was her hot chocolate series Okay, I saw that too when I looked her up. Now. Yeah, which is basically uh, a family that runs a chocolate business, and there's some supernatural paranormal stuff going on with that. So okay. she always gives that little twist of something different, which yeah. is really good to read. That's cool. It's, it's good to be prolific and have a wide range of interests. And it's, it sounds yes. like, and and for you as a writer, it's good to be have you know, be reading the the writers who are mm -hmm. doing the kind of thing you want to do well and and right. And, and they're being inspired for the family. Okay. Right. Cool. Um, how long do you think you'd survive in a robot slash mutant apocalypse? Okay. <laughs> uh, I did. I did part of my training watching The Walking Dead, uh, but then I stopped after Rick left, and I just kind of watched the whole series. That was most of it. Right. right. But um, you know, the thing I loved about that show was it wasn't about zombies. It was about how humans respond in a zombie situation. I agree. I've read the so, comic and watched the show, and it's right. I, I think I think it is character driven. And I think you know to survive in it, you'd have to be very smart, very aware, uh, very resilient, and very lucky. You know, because you know, so you, you never know when you make the wrong turn, and next thing you know, you're surrounded. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's. Uh, it's, it's an interesting thing to, to notice, but how I would survive in it, I would take advantage of chances that I would have and live as long as I possibly could, but knowing that, you know, nothing lasts forever. True. It's true. Yeah. Even the main character has to leave it eventually. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm, I'm I feel the same. I'm, I'm like, I, 
I don't think I'd do well. I mean, I I have no fighting train, no no combat train. The one advantage I do have is I'd um you know I've I've watched shows like that, so I right. you know so uh, assuming the rules work the same in the in our universe, I I know what kind of some some things to look out for. Exactly. You got, you got exactly. to find a group. Got to find you know um find a find a, but, find a community to help keep you safe and find what you can contribute. Right, and you never know what you possibly can do until you hit an adverse situation where you have no other choice other than to do what you have to do. True. So, you know, it, it, there's some tough choices to make there. Yeah. Well, I, I don't, as much as it's fun to dream about in fiction, I don't, I don't think we're headed for an apocalypse anytime soon. Nope. But, um, only in a political system that we got. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a whole other topic. We don't, we don't have time for that today. Right. Yeah. That's, a total, that's a totally different podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not brave enough for that one right now. No. Yep. Um, I was going to ask you, how do you find the time to write? But then again, um, I'm not sure. Are, are you still teaching, working? Um, no, no, I retired. I retired. You retired. Are you, you going to write full time then? I got a couple of part time jobs. Okay. Uh, the, when I was writing the story to begin with before I published, I found I got me a little tiny um, composition book. You know, you can get about this big. And I mean, I had it with me at all times. And every time I thought it hit me, I'd write it down, write it down. Best place for my ideas came traffic stops. <laughs> I come to a stop, take it out. Da -da 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 -da. Yeah. Okay, I write it. I got it down. You know, uh, of course, middle of the night, you get up, you got to type something because that idea, you don't know if you're going to have it in the morning. That's right. Uh, I hate to say I'm a poor excuse uh, for a Catholic. So at church, sometimes I was kind of writing it down a little bit. Uh, but now uh, I do have time I can sit down and write. Uh, you know, I'm kind of juggling three, all three of my books. Uh, my second one, my editor, who is Dawn, found some mistakes in it. So she sent me a sheet of everywhere the mistakes were. So I had to correct them all and send them back to her. Uh, my third one, like I said, right now is I got everything ready to go except an artist. And uh, I've tried a couple of different, my second book, the artwork is not so good because I got my firstborn to do it because, uh, you know, when I was in high school or junior high, I said, hey, can I give me a description of your characters? I want to draw them up. And I liked what I saw. And so I said, can you do my first cover? And when I got it, I kind of went, mm, I don't know if that's going to be good enough. So I had to take, send that to Serbia to a 16 year old girl to enhance it. Wow. So she made it a little better, but I'm thinking, you know what? I can get something better than this. So I'm waiting to see what happens. Uh, I had a number of people uh, that said they were going to do it and try to do it. It just didn't work out on their schedule. Mm -hmm. So I got a friend of mine who is, I've known him for 40 years. He was, kind of the manager of the basketball team my last year I played on back in 83. Cool. And he's an artist. He, he does all types of artworks and, you know, museums and stuff like that. And he says, hey, I want to have a shot at it. And I went, okay, sure. And so we talked on the phone and it was a totally different experience for me. Sure. He says, you know, I need you to, your characters you want on the, the cover, I need you to pose for them so I can draw them. And I kind of looked at him like, what do you mean? He says, I want to get your eyes. I want to get, you know, your colors and all that in them. And I come with, that's unique, but, you know, <laughs> I said, this is crazy, but Steve, he's crazy as a Fox. He's, he's always got a plan for something, but you know, on that token, uh, the girl who played when, when we played in middle school at, in homeroom, I had a girl play the main character, Commandy, the girl. 
and, right. and she was very good at playing. I mean, she was very, you know, all the guys wouldn't go in blasting guns and doing this, and they all got killed and had to get new characters. But she was always very cautious and very smart, what she did. And when she left eighth grade, uh, after high school was over, after school, she'd come back down, come to my room, wanted to read what I wrote and stuff like that. Nice. We kept in touch over the years. She, uh, you know, whenever she was having problems, she'd call me because, you know, she didn't have her dad and then uh, around and stuff like that. Or she didn't want to talk to her dad about certain things. So he, she'd talk to me about it. Uh, she, when she got pregnant, lost her son. You know, she talked to me about it. When she got pregnant, had a son. Right. She was very proud and stuff like that. Uh, she had gotten married to some guy that was basically alcoholic, drug addict type guy. Wow. So, uh, you know, when I told her the first book came out, she was really excited for the second book because that's where her character was going to be. Okay. So um, I decided I was going to put her character on the cover. So I was sitting on the sofa drawing her character. And I get a text from somebody told me that that girl had died at 32. Oh. Wow. And I was like, are you serious? And I looked down, I'm drawing her and I'm finding this out. So I go to the wake wow. and uh, nobody knows who I am. And I'm right. overhearing conversation that, yeah, she's happier now. She's doing better. And I found out she was an alcoholic. She never told me that she had a problem with it, mm -hmm. but she went to rehab and got it all straightened out. So she kicked the habit okay. and was ready to move forward, but all her organs just shut down on her. And so right. she was 32, had a seven-year-old son, That's right. uh, had divorced that guy. So when the grandfather says, can people come up and say something about it? Well, I wasn't familiar with all the negative. So I kind of looked up and I said, I was an eighth grade teacher. You know, I wrote a book about her character. I decided I'm going to dedicate the book to her and yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. And I could just feel the, the, the emotion just kind of rise. Like everybody was just relieved, like feeling happy again and stuff like that. Um, so I had a, um, I put them in memory page inside the second book about her okay. and, um, and I wanted to get her face on the character okay. and I went to one guy, the guy did my first cover. I went to him first, but what he was charging me was just a little too much because he was in school. He says, yeah, I'll do it if the money's right. And I said, well, I I'm not that kind of writer that makes that kind of money. So, uh, so I gave up. I didn't think about it. So when Steve came to me and I said, Steve, can you put her face on the girl's face? Yeah, no problem. I'll do that. I'm like, perfect. You know, so, uh, you know, she was, she was excited. She was hoping to read that book, but, you know, and I end up meeting her sister, her father and her son. And, uh, cause her sister took her son into custody and, uh, and I gave them all a copy of the book and everything. So, uh, sister sent me a picture when they left after we met, the son was in the back seat reading the book, which I thought that was really cool. That's awesome. Okay. That is a great story. Thank you for sharing that. I, I, um, yeah, I, I don't know what, what question I could have asked to get there, but, but, but <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad we could talk, we could discuss that. Cause yeah, let it never be said that, um, that, that reading and, and gaming are just, you know, are just silly. Cause you know, they, they have healing power to. Yes. Oh, to, I agree. To, to I agree. Life, I think. I'm looking at your your author page now, um, and I can see, I can see the book. Is she the one on the cover? Is that, is that is that the girl, or is is it somewhere else? That's the girl on the second book. That's the girl inside the book you saw. Um, I, I'm only seeing the cover now, and in, in your cover. Okay, yeah, that's the character. Her character's in the, in that book. Yeah. Okay. Is she the one on the front cover? Yes. 
Okay, I'm gonna share my screen. Um, those of you who are listening to the audio later, you can obviously right. see this. Maybe, maybe you can come come to Facebook, come to Richard P. Stone's other page on Facebook and find his cover photo. So they're on Mutated Lands. That she's the girl there. Yes. The, wow. Okay. I, I still can't I can't enlarge it very much right now. Um, right. That, that's that's awesome that that you were able to honor her in that way. Right. Um, is it? Um. So so if you, if if you get the book Mutated Lands, you can see that picture and and see her on there. Um, yeah. Now, if you notice that I also have these cards down in front yeah. of the book, I, I did marketing is hard and expensive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I went to Print Runner where you can print out your cards, you know, and on the back have a little synapses and all the contact numbers and stuff like that. So that's how I market. I go to comic book shops, game shops, nice. and I go to the owner and I said, I'll make you a deal. If I can leave these cards here, I'll buy something in the store. And every time I come back, if somebody's taking a card, I'll buy something else. Cool. So it's worked out. I've hit a number of shops around here in the, in the Houston area and also in Huntsville and San Antonio uh, that, you know, these guys are really good. They say, yeah, sure. No problem. And stuff like that. So yeah. that's a good marketing strategy. I, yeah. I, I, my, my book isn't published yet, but I've, I've thought about what I'm, I'm going to do. And I, you know, I mean, mine is superheroes. So yeah, I want to go to bookstores, but I also hope to go to comic book stores and things like that. So right. But if you're going to do print runner, a word of advice, okay. get rounded corners. Those sharp corners hurt. <laughs> I mean, they are sharp. Yeah, I get rounded corners that works and then also uh my editor told me that now she puts a she has like a business card and on the back of the card has all three all her covers of her book so she said you can put all three of your covers on there and and that would help me out because there's a lot of times I'm in a supermarket or something and I can't carry those big cards like that so if I can get a smaller business card like I can always hand out to people there in a, you know supermarket or whatever so yeah, so it just gives me another option that I can do. Yeah, is um, who is your artist who did that? Can you, can you give us a name and just in case? Which one? The the first um, one? Well, I guess either, but but I'm I'm of course interested most in the in the one who did the, the, the picture of the, of the girl. Uh, the, well, originally Vic Stone, my my firstborn, did that. Okay. Uh, and then I sent it to a girl. What was her name in Serbia? Uh. here somewhere if you can't find out i just wanted to give credit to, yeah. to the artist yes yeah, uh i got her name here just pull this up real quick and, and so also in case anyone else listening wants to look them up yeah because um she i mean she did don's a couple of don's books okay which was really kind of very impressive like so uh yeah so i mean her name is Ariana or something like that. Okay, but uh, I'll I'll uh, I'll send it to you. Fine, you know, okay. Yeah. If he's credited in, in your book, and you know, yes, he's yes, he credited in, 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 in all the acknowledgments and stuff like that. I give. Yeah, yeah, I always give credit out there. Yeah, you should. That's awesome. Okay, well, we're having a great conversation. Um, I, I wanted to say, anyone else still watching? I see we have like a, a few viewers maybe. Um, post your comments in the chat for Richard or, or questions or anything. Um, I'm not sure how to follow up that great story because because that was that was honestly maybe maybe the heart of our, the heart of of your story. It sounds like right. or, or your writing. Um, but I did want to ask you also about your publishing process and um, how that went about. So you had so over time you you came up with these stories. You had the idea to write them down. You wanted to get them published. 
how did you go about your publishing process? Did you do self-published or traditional? And I did self-publishing. The story goes though, back when I started putting the book together, I said, well, I got to find a publisher. So I did the query letters and got rejected every time I got it back. Right. I went to, they had in Dallas one year, they had a, a sci-fi convention and they mm -hmm. had a guy that was going to do a conversation you know, about publishing. He was a writer for Marvel, writer for Angel and Buffy the Vampire and Slayer, stuff like that. Who so I went there, huh? I can't remember his name. Uh, uh, and, and he was, uh, you know, it was a two day thing and we were sitting there talking and he was taking questions and answers. And, and I just found out about self-publishing from mm -hmm. a friend of mine that was doing it. And he was trying to get me to do it. And I just said, well, I mean, you know. it's been around for a while, but it's, it's got gained much popularity. Right. So it, when I asked about self-publishing, everybody in the room started laughing. And I was like, I don't get it. And the guy goes, go to the next room during our break and you'll see why. So during our break, I walked in and everybody's selling stuff. And there were these people that had crates upon crates upon crates of their book that self-published and they have to sell it. Mm -hmm. And I went, okay, I get it. So when Amazon said it, they'll, you know, they'll print, print it when it's purchased, then that just made it easier for me. So I just went straight yeah. to Amazon. Yeah, that's good. Okay. I know it's easier than ever to do. And yeah, I mean, the the upside, or I guess in some ways, the, the downside is the work is all you, um, but but the upside is you, you, right. get, you, get, you it, get the profit and everything. It's like anything else. It's like anything else in life. It's who you know and who knows you. And right. if you know the right person, then yeah, you probably can get your foot in the door and you can get a publisher and stuff like that. I have gotten a number of uh, inquiries from some publishers, but I did my research and I found out that their track record is not too good. Sure. I mean, yeah. even a publisher you find, I mean, they, you know, unless you're really lucky, you're probably not, probably not getting in with, with, with the big ones like, like, right. Uh, right. Yeah, penguin or whatever, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's cool though. Yeah, it's easier than ever. And so then you got to market it yourself and kind of get it out there. And you mentioned a little bit about doing that in the Texas mm -hmm. area. Um, anything else you've done for marketing promotion? Um, uh, based this, <laughs> this is a big plus. Um, yeah. Also, uh, I've also put out in Smashwords that uh, you get the ebook. Yeah. So I got that. Um, then I also uh, am just joined the book cave, uh, which is another thing that you can get into to get your book out there with a group of people and stuff like that. Uh, I'm in a group that's called Brave New World and everybody puts in what it is, is basically everybody that asks about your book has to turn in a, a, an email address and then you could take that email address and put it in your newsletter, which I'm still working on slowly, procrastinatingly. But, uh, you know, it, it, it gives you another chance to meet people and stuff like that. So, okay, cool. Yeah, you're networking, connecting, doing. Uh -huh. You're putting the work in. Right. And, I mean, that's, that's how I found you on Instagram, I think. And yeah, we we um we take the connections we have. So, well, I mean, the, the number one thing I always tell people that are writing stuff and and like, oh, I'm not getting anywhere, stuff like that. And I said, if you believe in your work, don't stop. Just keep plugging away because you never know what's going to happen. You know, I'm, am I going to be a bestseller? No, you know, or probably not. You know, am I going to have a movie made out of my book? No idea. But if I stop, then I've given up on every, all the time I put in to put this together. Right. Plus the characters in my head are keep pushing me to keep writing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, think I got those guys happy in my head. 
Yeah. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. That, exactly. That, that, that exactly. Yeah. But I think um no, I'm 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 in the same boat with you. I mean I mean I'm I'm on the journey, I'm trying to get published. I'm, I've been submitting mm -hmm. letters and we'll see how that goes. But um you know I'm, have you joined any competitions? Um not yet really. So look into, look into it because to, uh, I mean there's a little fee you can put in there. Sure. And at least you'll get I've, some I've, kind of feedback. I've paid some small fees for right. stuff already, but okay. um, I, I I know it's it's you know, it's it, it's not like being published equals being set for life. I mean, right. it's, that's that's kind of the dream. And if 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 that was ever true in past generations, it's not true anymore. So right. I, uh, you, you know, you, even even I mean, self-published or even those who do traditional publishing through a, through a smallish company. Right. You know, you still have to put in the work. You still have to, um, you know, you're probably not mm -hmm. ready to quit your day job after after one book. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I find it interesting. I find it interesting. Some people that are first putting out and they're trying to say, "Yeah, I'm getting a pub. I'm getting an agent. I'm getting a publisher. Yeah, I'm. I'm my book's coming out." And I'm like, these people are thinking they're going to make a lot of money in what they're doing. I mean, if your attitude is you're writing a book to make a lot of money, good luck. Good luck with that. But yeah. me, my reward is I'm writing a story that I want people to read and enjoy. You know, if I can get a positive feedback, that's payment enough for me. So, you know, if I get yeah. the money, that's gravy. That's the yeah. gravy. That's a good attitude, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and I, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I'd love it if money and fame and success come from it, but I've invested a lot of work into it before that mm -hmm. ever happened. I mean, it hasn't happened yet. Spoilers. Right. <laughs> so, so um, that's clearly that's that's not the primary reason we write. So right. yeah, that's a good attitude to have. I think that's great. Um, so in all that, we, we talked we talked about the writing process and the getting getting feedback from other people and publishing and marketing. Um, out of all those things, what do you think is the the biggest struggle for you with either writing, editing, publishing, marketing, anything along that? Marketing, marketing. That, marketing is, is, that, is, that is the biggest dragon to slay. Okay. I mean. If you can get your foot in somewhere where your marketing can come out and stuff like that, and you got to know if you got reputable uh, people. There was one that I paid $67 to be marketed, and I didn't see anything. And I went, oh, okay. Well, they got, I hope they had a good time with my money. But, uh, you know, it, it's like like joining Smashwords. Uh, they, uh, they're having a sale right now. So anybody out there that wants to read my first book, it is free as an ebook. So okay. for this month, Survivor's uh, gone free on Smashwords, right? Free on Smashwords and then half price for the second book. Yeah, uh, through the month of July. Through the month of July. After July, it okay. goes back. That costs what? Ten more days. So. Yeah. So Go check it out, people. Yep. You're letting you know out there in case you're interested. Um, and if and then I'll, what I really ask for people, and you know, as a writer, and I'm pretty sure this would help you too. Any writer out there. You want people to give you a review or a rating on your book. And the reason why you're doing is not egocentric. I need to know what I'm doing is working. You know, if there's something like one person uh, put on there, you know, I've had a couple give me two stars, but unfortunately the two stars people don't give me a review. They don't tell me what's wrong. Right, so I'm right. like, how am I supposed to know what I did wrong? And I had one person give me four stars and, and people do not like giving five stars. <laughs> I mean, some people think you got to knock me out in order to put five yeah. stars. I'll be honest. I, I, I'm, I'm writing my books on Goodreads and stuff. And I'm like, 
four stars I give out pretty generously. Right. Five stars is like for a book I that absolutely entranced right. me. Right. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and I just you know ask people, look, if you read it, please just put a review or a rating. I mean, you don't have to write anything. You know, you can just put how many stars you thought. Or if you're going to write something, you don't have to give me a long thing to say, a great book. I enjoyed reading, da, da, da. And I said, that works for me too. As long as I'm getting some type of feedback, then I know the direction I'm going is working. Yeah. Uh, so like I said, I've got on my first book, I got 20 reviews or 20 ratings. Uh, and a number of people wrote in there. And, it, and one person gave me four stars because they said, well, you know, the military part, I'm not that interested in and stuff like that. But after the military part was over and you got into the future, then I got really interested. Now I can't wait for the second book to come out. So, you know, that tells me right there. Okay. Well, you know, you know, the, the military part was essential of the story in the beginning, but after that, anything I do, the military is going to be futuristic anyway. So mm -hmm. you know, I, I got a lot of things to play with there to get somebody's interest. So, you know, like I tell people, if it's bad and it, tell me why it's bad, give me your, mm -hmm. I mean, if there's something you just didn't like, fine. I get it. There's certain wines I don't like to drink, but you know, I mean, just let me know what you don't like. And then that way I know if I get enough feedback of that, then I know I got to do something. Yeah. But yeah. The opinions like be, those, everybody's got one and everybody's going to use it. Mm -hmm. And it could be just a person's personal taste. Like if, it, if it's only one person who says exactly. that to you. Yes. But if you, if you hear five or six people saying the same thing, might be something to listen to. It's it's, yes. it's hard as an author to know what to do with feedback because yes. you, you know too many cooks spoil the pot, too many beta readers or reviewers exactly. also spoil the pot, I guess. But mm -hmm. yeah, I've I've been in that boat before. And so at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, you, you get feedback, you want to learn from it, you want to be constructive, mm -hmm. but um, but at the end of the day, it's your story and you gotta do what, what you feel is best with it. So exactly. It's cool. Okay. Um I asked you about about your biggest biggest struggle what's your biggest strength in writing or what what do you think is one thing that your stories do really well uh character you know i i really think out the character i try to make them well-rounded i don't i don't tell everything about the character because sometimes too much is i mean you're, you're putting 100 gallons of information in a one gallon tank you know yeah. you can overdo it sometimes mm -hmm. so i like to make the characters rounded and mm -hmm. relatable and uh, likable, not necessarily, but like That's enough to read. Like enough to read. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, uh, the writing part, I mean, it's weird. When you start writing, sometimes your hands take over and your brain takes over. So, no, you want to talk about this, put this on there, stuff like that. Things I didn't think about, but when you start writing, you get to a certain point, something else grows in your head. Like, okay, let me put that in there and stuff like that. So it's the development of writing. <clears throat> the use of a thesaurus is big. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you, I am, and a lot of you guys that are writing out there, especially beginning writers, please be aware, whatever you write, look for a word in a paragraph that you're using too much. Yeah. Then use a thesaurus. Then you, you could say the same thing, just a different word for it. So I had to learn that. I mean, when I went to Don's writer's critique, there was these two elderly ladies, and every and, and the writer's critique I was in was awesome because she had a website. You turn your, your story, 20 pages of your story into that website. Mm -hmm. Everybody's in the group can download it, print it, read it. And then when we would meet, nobody reads your story. 
you just go down to each person. This is what I thought. This is what happened. I noticed this. And they write their little comments on each page. So at the end, I'd have a stack, about 10 copies of 20 pages of what I wrote. And I would take that and I'd have a blank one and I would write down everything everybody put on there to help me write the story better. But I had these two old elderly women and it was like going to the woodshed every time with them. They would just kill me. And it wasn't the story. It was the way I was using words. It was my pronunciation. It was uh, the way I expressed myself, things like that. That was really very, very helpful. Sometimes you're going to have to take a lot of negative to understand how you're going to turn that into a positive. Yeah. And it makes you better. Okay. So getting feedback is essential. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, I think most, all, most or all serious writers would acknowledge they need that either from a group or at least a, at least a beta reader or an editor. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for sharing. Sorry. I was listening, but I was setting up my phone to okay. download the book. So I'm going to, I'm going to, after, after this sometime, maybe this coming week, I'll try okay. to check it out and, and get the ebook. Um, okay. That sounds interesting to me. But, um, okay. And then what's, um, maybe you shared something about this already. What is a writing tip you can offer, either advice for an up and coming author or just something you know that maybe other people don't know? Uh, like I said, believe in yourself, believe in your story. Uh, understand your story. Understand that, you know, oh, one thing I did learn. I mean, I would, I remember when I wrote my first couple of books and I sent it to my editor and it come back. What are you trying to say here? I don't get it. And I said, well, I understand it. He says, no, 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 no. You writing to the reader, not to yourself. Yeah. yeah so a lot of times you have to make sure the reader understands what you're trying to say and that you have to put yourself in the position of the reader. That has taken time for me to yeah. learn. I mean, it wasn't something I picked up at first. I still make certain mistakes over and over and over. Um, and I, and I, I read, you know, after I finish reading it, writing everything, I'll read the whole story. And then I found a new tool that really works good. And if you got 365 or something like that is the auto part, having it read aloud back to you. Yeah, yeah. I know. A lot of times your ear can pick up something that your eyes didn't. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, as, as somebody perfectly put, that's audio editing. And I said, you know what, is exactly what it yeah. is. It's, that's, that's been helpful, helpful to a lot of people I've heard. I haven't used it much myself, but I, yep. maybe, maybe I should. So, yep. very cool. I strongly recommend that. that. That's been a big plus. It's helped me edit a little bit quicker and faster. But yeah. understand, as you write a story, you're telling the story. But if you don't connect with the reader, what good is your story? You've mm -hmm. got connect with that reader you got to get that reader to understand what you're saying that's right that's good that's good, good advice for all of us and we, we could go into a lot more about how we do that and all this is specific mm -hmm. more time but yeah we'll, we'll leave it to that for now and let, let us know right. how we connect to our readers okay well i've got a few minutes left i told you it would be a little or no more than an hour but i wanted to ask you right. um where is your book available? Is it just on Amazon or is it any, any, any books? It is on Amazon. Uh, both books are. The third book will be there too. Uh, when is the third one coming out? Huh? When does the third one come out? Uh, the third one, when I get my artist to put it together, you know, yeah. we're working on that. And one okay. thing I learned about writing, <clears throat> never predict when it's coming out. Okay, there, there you go. My first one, oh yeah, the end of December. Oh yeah, I'm in February. Oh yeah, in April. I stopped doing that. I said, when it's ready, it's coming out. That's all I can tell you. It's in the final so, stages. 
maybe a few months, maybe next year, but. I'm hoping probably by, I was thinking the end of the summer, that's not gonna happen. So maybe okay. mid fall, you know. Okay. okay, yeah, well look for the third book yep. in a few months, but by Christmas, good, good Christmas gifts, yeah. There you go, there you go. But they're on, they're all on Amazon, right? Or they, no, they will, or they will be. If you got Kindle or ebook, then you can go to Smashwords. Uh, it's like $2.99 there for ebook. Right. Uh, you can get it through that, or you can get the ebook or the printed book in Amazon. Okay. So one. okay. Good to hear. Yeah. Let's look it up. Richard P. Stone. First book is Survivors of the Mutant Dawn, then The Mutated Lands. And then, what do you say? Survivors in the Mutated Lands? Is that right? Exactly. Your memory is good. Oh, You're oh, not cool. getting that old. I I am, not you. <laughs> hey, well, one day, but anyway. And then where can people follow you and your work online? I know you're on Instagram. I know you're on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter, Richard P. Stone, number one okay. uh, on Twitter. Um, Facebook. Yeah, is I mean, I said, I don't hit all of them because number okay. one, time of the day. If I'm spending time on that, I'm not spending time on the story or I'm not spending time at work. You know what I'm saying? You're juggling hanger days. It's hard to balance. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I need to promote myself. I also need to actually work on my craft. So right, right. Um, Facebook, you're Richard P. Stone author's page. And on Instagram. You're breaking up. So I guess you said it right. I think, I, sorry, I, I didn't hear you. Can you say it again? I said you were breaking up. So I don't know if I heard, I guess I heard it right. Um. I was asking you, what's your Instagram handle? I think I think it's Dickie Stone. Is that right? Right. Yeah. Uh, let me see what I got here. That's that. Uh, okay. Or, actually, the username. Okay. It says. It's, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's Dickie Stone. D i c k i e uh, Stone. Oh, that was my so, name growing up. That was my playing game when I played. That was my name. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Also, I think it says. Yeah, I, but it, I had it. I had Richard Keystone author. So yes, yeah, Richard Keystone author. Look him up on Facebook or yes. Instagram. Some people can follow you. And know what's coming out. So okay, well, Richard, thanks so much for being with us today and it's for answering our questions, giving us an insight into your life and your your experiences and 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 just I guess the healing power of fiction and how that our story played a role in our lives. Anything else yeah. I say? Just, you know, keep writing, keep believing in your dreams. Uh, glad tomorrow's another day. Keep going. That's right. That's right. Okay. Well, thanks, Richard, and th thanks everyone for watching online. I saw we, ha we had a few viewers along, and of course, yeah. I hope we have more in the replay later. Um, as always, you can like my page, Samuel and Harris, for future discussions and content for writers, or sign up for my mailing list at the, at the link in the description. When you sign up, you'll get a free sample of my story, Fractured Heroes, a few of my favorite scenes that I think you'll enjoy. Mm -hmm. Of course, go check out Richard's work too. His book is, is free on Smashwords for the end of July and go support him too. Thank you everyone for watching today. Thank you, Richard, for being here with us. My pleasure. Have a great weekend. You too. Okay, bye.